Hey friends, happy Magical Monday. I'm Courtney. And I'm TJ. And welcome to another episode of the Wish Upon a Sparks podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited that you're here and uh, we're so excited that we're here. Whoop whoop. Second episode of 2023. It's going to be a good one. That's going to be great. What are we talking about today? Today we are talking about Big Hero 6. It was the first time that I had ever seen it. Which is the first, because most time when we watch movies, you haven't seen I'm it. I'm the one that hasn't seen it, yeah. But yeah, I haven't seen this one. Well, I know I have, but um, it but I was have. you had, yeah, yeah. Um, it was really cute. I really enjoyed it. It's a great movie. Yeah, that's yeah, a fan favorite. People like it a lot. Um, I'm excited to talk about it today. Ditto. You want to kick us off with the plot? I would love to. So. Opening scene really pretty over the over the city that it's in. It's it's in the futuristic city of San Fran Tokyo. So it's like a combination of San Francisco and Tokyo. Hiro Hamada, a 14-year-old high school graduate and robotics prodigy, is competing in underground robot fights for a living, constantly dodging violent threats from his uh, bitter, defeated opponents. In an effort to get Hiro out of his dangerous lifestyle, Hiro's older older brother, Tadashi, takes him to his research lab at the San Francisco Tokyo Institute of Technology. Hiro meets Tadashi's friends, Gogo, Wasabi, Honey Lemon, and Fred, as well as his creation, Baymax. Um, real quick fun fact, the reason they all have those weird names is because Fred named them all, and Fred's an absolutely phenomenal character. I can't wait to talk about him more. Um, Baymax is an inflatable healthcare robot, and his mentor, Professor Robert Callahan, um, also comes in and he meets him while he's meeting everybody else. Inspired, Hiro gives up his robot fighting habits and applies to the university, impressing the school's showcase with a project, a swarm of tiny microbots that can link together in any configuration using a neural transmitter. Callahan accepts him into the school and Hideo rejects tech giant Alistair Cray's offer to buy the microbots. When a fire erupts moments later, Tadashi rushes inside to save Callahan, um, but dies when the building collapses after an explosion resulting from the fire. Two weeks later, Hiro inadvertently activates Baymax and they follow his only remaining microbot to an abandoned warehouse where they discover someone has been mass producing the microbots. A man wearing a kabuki mask attacks them with a microbot swarm, but they escape. And Hiro suspects the masked man set the fire to cover his theft of the microbots. Determined to avenge his brother's death, Hiro equips Baymax with armor and a chip programmed with martial arts moves for defense, and they return to to find the warehouse empty. At the nearby docks, Baymax summons Tadashi's friends, and the group is attacked by the masked man but escapes after driving into a lake. Once they resurface, the group stops at Fred's mansion where Hiro upgrades Baymax's armor, and he and the others weaponize their various inventions to take on the masked man, who they suspect is Cray. They track the masked man to Cray's abandoned island lab, which they discover was used for teleportation research until a test pilot disappeared inside a portal, leading the government to shut down Cray's experiment and seal off the island. The masked man suddenly attacks the group, but Hiro knocks the man's mask off and he reveals him to be Callahan, who was thought to be dead. Callahan reveals that he had actually escaped using the microbots to shield himself from the flames. Shocked and enraged that Tadashi died in vain, Hiro removes Baymax's healthcare chip and orders him to kill Callahan. 
but his friends intervene and Honey reinstalls the chip at the last second. Callahan escapes with the microbots and Hito, angered by his friend's actions against Callahan, flies off with Baymax, still intent on avenging Tadashi. When they return home, Hiro tries to remove the healthcare chip again, but Baymax blocks his access port and shows him footage of Tadashi's numerous tests during Baymax's development, reminding Hiro that his brother's goal was to help others. Hiro apologizes to Baymax and his friends. Through research, they discover that the lost test pilot was Callahan's daughter, Abigail. Yes, having stolen the microbots to seek revenge on Cray, Callahan reactivates the teleportation portal to destroy Cray and his headquarters during a ceremony, but Hiro, Baymax, and their friends defeat Callahan and save Cray. Baymax detects Abigail alive inside the portal, and despite Cray's attempts to keep them away from the portal because of its instability, Hiro, Baymax, and Baymax leap through and find Abigail trapped in hypersleep in her rocket. While helping Hiro transport Abigail out of the portal, Baymax is struck by debris, um, disabling his thrusters and forcing him to fire his rocket fist, leaving him behind while propelling Hiro and Abigail back through the portal before it is destroyed. Abigail regains consciousness and Callahan is arrested. Hiro joins his friends at the university and discovers Baymax's healthcare chip clenched in the rocket fist. He rebuilds Baymax and they and their friends continue to protect the city as a team of high-tech superheroes known as Big Hero 6. In a post credit scene, Fred stumbles upon a secret superhero lair in his family's mansion and is reunited with his father, who's been away for a long time, who tells him they have a lot to talk about. And his father, who was voiced by Stan Lee, and he looks just like Stan Lee as well when he walks in. Yeah. Super, super. I love cool. it. I love it too. Whew, that was a long plot, but um, the, the story is actually fairly complex. Um, Courtney, I'm excited to hear... Um, we talked a little bit, but we didn't talk about a lot about it. We saved it for the podcast. I want to hear your initial thoughts. What did you think when you first saw this? I know that a lot of times I'm the first one to watch a movie and you've seen it before, but this was one of those few times where I got to be the one that already had seen it. So this was your first time seeing it. Like what's your real raw initial thoughts? Um, well, I feel like mine are a little like skewed because I did know before watching the movie that the brother died right? and that it like was, um, had like underlying themes of like dealing with grief and like stuff like that and family and stuff like that. Right. It's like watching um, Star Wars. You know the big reveal already. Yeah. Whoever, even anyone that watches the original three Star Wars, you're going to already know the big reveal. Yeah. It just is what it is. Um, but I honestly thought it was a really cute movie. I really enjoyed it. I, I don't know. I just loved that. I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Um, but I don't know. I just love all the characters. I love all the friends. Yeah, it's very character driven. I love driven. that. Um, I don't know. Just the city that they live in is really cool. I think um, their culture seems really cool. Um, all of the characters have their own vibe and their vibe, like who they are. You can tell who they like, whose inventions they are because of like how much of their personality and stuff they put into it, which is cool. Um, I don't know. That's really it. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. My initial thoughts when I saw this movie is, um, I thought it was amazing. I love how it tugs at your heartstrings. I love the, um, I love the big reveal that you find. I love that, um, you know, you're watching it and you think Cray's going to be the villain, but that almost seems too easy, but it just makes perfect sense. And then it's Callahan. Um, I thought that was really cool. And then the little plot twist with his daughter. So like, it gives you that little bit of, 
he's being really evil and sucky, but there's like a reason behind it, you know? Yeah. And then I just love all the characters around them, which we'll talk more about them in detail. But I love the the ensemble. I love Honey Lemon. I love Fred. I love Wasabi. I love um, Gogo. Um, it really did make me sad um, when Tadashi died. He was a great character. Yeah. Super kind, very mature, looking out for his brother. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that Baymax scene was, whew, sad. I love Baymax. I love Baymax, too. We found out there's a series of Baymax. We're probably going to watch it later tonight. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, let's um, let's get into our questions. Um, where do we want to start? Let's see. I think we normally start fave character. Um, Courtney, do you want to go first? With what? Sorry. Fave character, yeah. Um, I really like Baymax. Baymax is just a really... He's top tier, dude. Well thought out character, very. Um, he's hilarious. His little yeah. la 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 thing, the fist bump thing, was really funny. Um, I also really like Honey Lemon, and I kind of like Fred. I love Fred. He's like one of my favorite side characters ever. And the guy that voices him, name is TJ. Mm. Yeah. Cool. My favorite character is, I don't know, man, either Hiro or Baymax. Um, I really like Hiro. I love Baymax. I also love Fred. It's really like a hard, it's a hard three there. Um, if I had to pick one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go different than you. I'm going to say Hiro. I like him a lot. I like his journey. Um, he has to grow and mature a lot in this movie, so... Yeah, for sure. Um, What's your least favorite? My least favorite character? Probably Cray. I want to say Callahan, but honestly, Cray is pretty bad. The guy that like tries to buy the invention right off the bat. He sent Callahan's daughter into the void. <laughs> she got left there. Like, he's kind of sucky. He yeah. seems to be all about money, honestly. I Yeah, I don't like... Oh, dude, another character. We'll talk about characters. I'll go to this in a second. Um... Yeah, Just say it. Cray's my least favorite. Um, Heathcliff, I forgot about him. The butler, he's so funny. Yeah. Fred's butler. Yeah, he's funny. Yeah, when they're like trying to like <laughs> test their inventions and he's just standing there. Yeah, it's so Trying funny. to butter his croissant. <laughs> yeah. Who's your least favorite? Um, I don't actually think I have a least favorite. Because um, I think they're all... I don't know. They're all needed and they're almost like all validated in their own right if that makes sense like you could see Robert Callahan as the as the villain but like yeah he's just really like the example of what hero could be if he lets his grief control him and so like I don't want to even though he's like kind of like a grief has turned him into a sucky person I don't think like true to like he's evil true to like at his core you know what I mean yeah I totally agree I agree with you I think yeah he's the villain but like the redeeming qualities he's doing because he's grieving his daughter what is unfortunate is he gets his daughter back, but he's probably going to spend a lot of time in jail. Yeah. It kind of sucks, but... Yeah. Um, let's talk about characters in general, though. They, this, this movie has a great ensemble, and everybody's really great. I like their um, their aunt that's raising them a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's really great. Um, she's really sweet. She looks out for them. I'm trying to remember her name. Cass. Yes, Cass. She's great. Um... I like that Fred named everybody like after one little random thing that happened to them. Yeah. He named Wasabi Wasabi because he just spilled Wasabi on his shirt one day. Um, and he wears a shirt that's the same color as Wasabi. He does. And Honey Lemon wears a lemon yellow color, so it's like... Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. No, but the characters in this movie are really great, and they kind of stand out a lot. They're really good. Um, what about favorite scene? Um, I don't know. This is hard. Yeah, there's a lot of really good scenes. Like when Hero and Baymax are, um, like Baymax just got wings and he's like, they're testing out like him flying. They're like flying all around the city. Like, I think that's kind of cool. And they like land on top of like the, what's supposed to be like, like I'm getting, well, it's almost like the, um, the Golden Gate Bridge, but it's not because it's like, has the little like yeah. Japan-esque to it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It was really cool because then you could see even like he's like, even though he's like scanning everyone in the city, like Baymax is like, you can still see like the landscape and how like pretty it is. And just yeah. as far as like scenery goes, I think that's a really pretty scene. I really like that one a lot. Um, I also really like when they are, um, it's kind of like sad because I mean, they drive into the lake. Yeah. Um, but Baymax like saves them. Yeah. It's really cute. Yeah, the like, kid like inflates and like. Yeah. Yeah. I think all the f- scenes with Baymax, basically the whole movie is just ten out ten. Top tier. Yeah. yeah. I agree with you. I actually really like the opening scene. I like the the robot fighting scene. Um, when he like. He hustles him so hard. Him. Yeah, it's so cool. But I think like getting into the meat of the movie, I think that I would agree with you. I actually have the same one in mind when they're flying over the city and they mm-hmm. land. Um, I like that moment between them. I also like the moment when all his friends show up after he's just like tried to kill Callahan and he's realized he was wrong. And he's, yeah. like, he's like, why are you guys here? And they're like, because like, we're not going to give up on you. And I thought that was a really cool scene. Yeah. Um, and then another one that I just really liked a lot that would be up there um, is the very, like the ending scene when he, um, when when Baymax had shot his fist and left his oh arm yeah in his hand. and you can see it yeah and he, and he rebuilds Baymax and and uh, he's like he, he says like he like boots up and you see Hero through uh, Baymax's eyes yeah and Baymax says hey Hero yeah, yeah. it's really sweet yeah I also think it's really sweet um, that Fred like really wants to be a dragon and so they make him uh, like a dragon costume <laughs> to wear and I just think it's so funny. I also think it's like hilarious when after they go, they get out of the lake, Brett's like, I have somewhere we can go and they pull up to this they like walk up to this mansion and everyone's like everyone's like um, you're kidding, like yeah. what are we doing here? Oh, why are we breaking into this person? Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, and he's like, oh, this is where I live. Yeah, that's great. Like, that was a nice twist. There's a lot of little twists like that that were great in this movie, like where you're like, oh, Fred's very wealthy. Was not expecting that at all. No, not at all. Yeah, what about least favorite scenes? Is there any scenes that, like, kind of make you, when you're watching it, you're like, man, this just sucks? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. There's not any... I think no no 
I mean, I've only watched it once, and I'm like still kind of processing it. But a thousand I don't, percent. I don't think there's anything I dislike about this movie, or dislike any scenes or characters or anything. I'd agree with you. I think it takes watching a movie more than just one time to say, like, hey, I have a scene that I really don't like. Um, I would agree with you. I actually, this was my only my second time watching it, and when it comes to this question, least favorite scene, I think I'm gonna pass on it too. I don't have a scene in this movie that I don't like. I like all the scenes. It's a great movie. A lot of uh, good things. Um, while we're talking about scenes, I think this movie had did a good job of like using the scenes and using the animation and scenery of like making the story what it is. Um, the way that it pushed the story forward was just really really yeah. cool. Um, it was just really interesting. Um, the animation style they 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 chose. Um, it had like a lot of. Um, it wasn't like when we watched um, Turning Red had a lot of anime undertones, but there were some minor anime undertones in it. Yeah, like even the way, the way his hair is, you know? Yes. A very, like, anime. A thousand percent. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I like that a lot. I like Japanese stuff like anime, so they did a good job. And then I like the way they blended the uh, San Francisco. was cool. Um, favorite song doesn't apply? No, I don't. No. But the soundtrack was good. The score. Very score nice. was very good. The soundtrack score was very good. It matched it a lot. Um, over or underrated? What do you think? I would almost say underrated. I don't hear a lot of people talk about this movie, and it's like pretty new in terms of like Disney movies. And let's see. Yeah, it came out in 2014. It was older than I thought it was when we looked at the when we were pulling it up. Yeah, it's um yeah, 2014, it's nine and I years just old. feel like there's not a lot of people talking about it. I honestly don't see a whole lot of like, at least in Walt Disney World, like a whole lot of representation there. I know there is some representation in like other parks um, in the world, but like as far as our parks go, there's nothing, at least that I'm aware of. Um, and you just don't really. I don't know. I agree. I agree with you. I think it's very underrated. I wish that there was definitely more representation um, in the parks and even... Um, I'm glad they did a Baymax series. I'm actually excited. This is one of those movies that could really benefit from a sequel. Because as a strong I story, I think if they did Big Hero 7, like, they, like we looked up before, there's a talk, there's a talks about it. Or if they just did a Big, Big Hero 6 2 or called it something else. This movie could really benefit from a reboot. And a, not a reboot, that's a wrong term. From, from a sequel. Yeah, um, I agree. To add to it, right? Like the characters are there, the development's there, all that stuff is there. Um, and there's a lot to go off. They can explore a lot. So now they're heroes that protect the city, right? Mm-hmm. There's six heroes that protect the city. Um there's a lot of storylines you can do. I mean, I'm not saying you go the Incredibles route, but like the uh, the thing about the Incredibles is like the story's endless. And I think this movie's like that too. Yeah, I agree. And um, this movie kind of gave me a little bit at the end of the Incredibles vibe. It's like, oh, we have a team of like superheroes. Yeah. You know, like this could be this could be really cool. You could almost do like a very very fun version of like not I don't want to say the Avengers, but you could kind of do like a really fun. Um, with like a with a Japanese take on uh, superheroes. Yeah, that's honestly kind of what I thought of. Even at like the end or the post credit scene with Stanley and Fred, like when they walked into the when Fred walked into the lair behind the picture that he, I don't know, his little yeah, the, whatever that little thing was. Um, yeah. it reminded me of like the Incredible costumes. With like the tights, it's and the like blue. the red and the blue, and yeah. it just like was very Incredibles to me. Yeah, and so it was very like superhero esque. 
and which was really cool. Yeah, I totally agree. I think this movie needs a sequel, um, and I think that it's in the works. I think it's one of those things that, from what I was researching, I think it just getting, it keeps getting pushed back. Um, okay, cool. This question is going to be fun from this movie because there's actually a lot of themes. Uh, what's the theme from this movie to apply to your everyday life? I will say, I know I kind of touched on it earlier, but just like the way um, that, what's his name? Callahan was almost like an example to hero both. It's like funny because like in the beginning of the movie, you learn that um, hero like loves bot like robots and like making things and like has actually like looked up to Callahan for like a long time. He knows who he is. He knows who he is. Like when it comes to like inventing and make creating things, like he like looks up to him. And so when he finds out he's the professor of this like robotics program, like he really wants to go there. He changes his whole mind on what he wants to do. And, um, so like he's an inspiration to him in that aspect, but he's also like an example to hero of like, because of grief, like what he could turn into. And it just is like very telling, like, and it's cool to see because what Callahan allowed was for grief to consume him in such a way that it made him such an angry and bitter person, which I, I don't know. Like, honestly, I mean, I've never had a kid, you know, I don't know what losing a kid is like. Like that's, that's a very rare thing. Something that I, in this life up to this point, haven't had to go through. Hopefully it's something that we never have to go through. Um, but I know a lot of people do experience that. And so I, unfortunately, and so I don't know, it just is, it like opens your eyes, like what, I don't know what you could be, what you could turn into. And then, um, like hero can like look at that and say like, wow, I looked up to this man for so long. Do I actually want to follow in his footsteps and what he became? Like, look what he allowed his circumstances to do to him. Or can I turn a corner and, like, actually immerse myself in love and um, with grace and, like, surround myself with people who care yeah. about me and with, like... It's funny because even Bay Max, like, will say over and over again, like, to get... To help with, like, his grief. I don't know how he says it, but... Um, spending time with loved yeah. ones and family is, like, something that, like, He says helps. it multiple times. He yeah. says it over and over yeah. and over again. And then he also keeps hugging hero which i know when you're sad and you won't just want to be alone getting a hug from someone is probably like the last thing you want to do but it helps but it helps it does and so i just think it's cool to like or maybe it's not cool but maybe you i don't know it just is something that will open your eyes to like i don't know now i just feel like i'm rambling and i'm kind of no, like and i don't know what i'm saying now um <laughs> but i just it almost is like a reminder and like kind of like in a different and now I'm like talking about something different. Okay. But it's almost also like as a, a reminder to think about who you're looking up to and how they've allowed their circumstances to change them, to allow them to be where they are. And if where they are is actually good or bad based on their circumstances mm. and where they've been. Mm. Yeah. And it's almost like a Something you have to like evaluate within yourself. Like that's huge. Who do I look up to? Why do I look up to them? Yes. Where have they come from? How did they get there? Yes. That's huge. Courtney, you just like triggered so many things in my mind. 
Because, like, you can't just follow people for what they say. Like, people can say – you can sit down and have a conversation with somebody and they can say prolific things and you can leave the thing and be like, oh, that was so good. But then look at their life. Yeah. Like, where's the fruit of it? What's like what's what choices have they made? How have they gotten there? Like, is where they're at a result of good fruit or bad fruit? Oh, man. Yeah. And is following them actually going to be beneficial to you and help you get you to where you need to go? That's huge, man. That I could almost go off mic when we talk later and actually talk about that. That's so huge because there's so many thing, instances I think about in our lives of people that we've met and things that we've seen where we, you see people that go undetected and people don't even like think about them. And if you're just like, man, this person is like low key producing fruit. Like they, yeah. if you look at the way they live their life, like, wow, that's yeah. amazing. There's other people that people are like, oh my gosh, everything they say is like golden and it's beautiful. And then you're like, yeah, but look at their life. It's like in shambles. <laughs> like they say these prolific things, but like they, they can't even, no, like literally they can't get their crap together. And like, that's my thing is like, tell me why I'm thinking of actual people in our life right now. Yeah, well, that's that's bound to happen. That's everybody that's listening can probably think of someone. But like, I love it. I'm just gonna leave it at that because you nailed it. Just be careful who you listen to and who you follow because success looks different to different people, and you need to weigh what success looks like to you and why you're following someone. Man, yeah. I, I'm gonna just move to mine. Um, I I could just talk about yours because that was Courtney. That was really good. Um, Mine was in this movie. I really look up to, even though he didn't get a lot of screen time, I look up to Tadashi, uh, his brother. So when I think of like, when I think of science and I think of medicine and even law, I think of people who really, really, really want to help others. And so I know that like scientists and people that have that kind of mindset can come across as like almost very like, oh, where we're like this level, we have this education, that kind of thing. But what I love about Tadashi is he has that thing that he wants to use his knowledge and his, his inv- inventing abilities to to create uh, something that helps people. That like really, 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 really help, helps people. And it's this cool robot that his design is to, you know, give medical care, you know, push, push, uh, push the boundaries on what, you know, modern medicine looks like. And then he invents this cool thing and it has all these abilities, but there's so much more that Baymax can do that Tadashi never intended. And then Hiro comes along and he activates those things and he adds a couple of things. And then Baymax is not just a healthcare provider. Like he's also like a superhero who can fly. And when you really think about that, it's like like a death destroying martial arts fighter. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's it's crazy how Hiro came along and was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to make it 10 times better. And, um, but then at the end, you get that quintessential moment where, like, he shows Hiro, Baymax shows Hiro the video of his brother. Like, mm-hmm. when he gets to the lot, you know, he finally, you know, gets uh, Baymax going how he's supposed to be. And he's like, this is going to change the world. And, um, I guess the thing that I want to say is, when you invent something or you create something or you do something or you put something out into the world, just because you're the first person to put it out doesn't mean that it's going to be your, – your form of it is going to be perfect. There might be other people that have similar ideas to you that come around you later on and they make it better or they make it different and it's, it's still really good. So what I would say is like don't be afraid to be the first person in a room to have an idea and create something because the your idea could be the jumping off point for something that changes the world. And I love that about how Baymax was created for one purpose and he still fulfills that purpose and then Hito comes along and just activates so much more of his potential. 
it's really cool to me um, because there's certain people that you meet, going back to what you said, that have that unique ability to, to activate potential in people. And, uh, you know, that's kind of deep for Baymax because I know he's kind of an Olaf character. He's really funny. But um, but that's what I took away from it. I just kept watching it. I was like, man, like, Baymax was created with one purpose, and then Hedo comes along and just, like, 180s in. It's like, oh, dang, this was supposed to be, like, a doctor robot, and now he's, like, flying. And they're sitting on top of the bridge, like, watching the city, and he's scanning everyone that lives there. I'm like, that's huge. That's ridiculous. So Yeah. I feel like you can also look at it in a way where and put yourself in like obviously Baymax is a robot. He's not a person and he's not necessarily under or he doesn't necessarily have the control to like make his own decisions. Right. Um or even like you know what I mean? Like he didn't decide to learn martial arts, like that was decided for him. And I just feel like um I don't know, like, maybe doing some, like, self-reflection and, like, thinking, like, what are you allowing the people around you to turn you into? What are you you allowing, like, the circumstances around you to turn you into? Yeah, that's huge. You know? That's big. You just gotta... It's just something that, like, sparked inside me when you're talking about how Hero, like, changed him into something other than a healthcare worker. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, he would be really beneficial as a healthcare worker. Obviously, like, he kind of expanded what Tadashi started which was really good but then he also like took him and like turned him into something that he wasn't supposed to be at all right which can be dangerous yes which is why it's like important to do like a self-check-in and like look at your circumstances look at the people around you are they actually benefiting you and where you need to go and ask yourself questions like why am i doing the things that i'm doing why do I want this? Is it because I actually want to and I have a desire to do it and be successful in it? Or is it because I'm being peer pressured? Yeah. Whether consciously or unconsciously by the people around me. Yeah. Um, it's what I feel like I'm supposed to do, you know? Yeah. There's that, a difference. That's so good. I want to touch on one more thing theme-wise. Um, and we can kind of tag team this one together because I know you're going to have thoughts on it because you are you are so good about this kind of stuff. I, I saw a huge thing here with this movie of you see and, and it's glaring when you watch it. Hero experiences the loss of a, of a sibling, a, a, yeah. a, a, a brother. Yeah. Callahan experiences the loss of a daughter. Yeah. Their paths are not, and you touched on it earlier, they're not dissimilar. They're very similar, actually. Um, you can tell that grief affected both of them similarly at one point. Hero almost became what Callahan was. He was going to kill Callahan. Yeah. If his friends didn't stop him, him and Baymax, they were going to kill him. Just like Callahan was going to kill, what's the guy's name? Uh, Cairo or K- Cairo, whatever his name was. Um, it's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cray. Cray. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that really stuck out to me as we, it stuck out to me when we watched it, but like it stuck out to me more as we've had this conversation because what really stood out to me is Hero had the right people around him. And he got very, um, he was able to, he had people that kind of stepped in and were like, hey, this isn't good. Don't do this. Yeah. And I think that if you watch the movie, I think Callahan probably isolated himself after his daughter died. Mm -hmm. And then he just let those feelings of grief take over and turn into feelings of hatred and then to our anger and then hatred and then revenge. And then he finally saw, when he saw Hero's invention, he said, I can, I can do something about this here. So what my thing would be is I would just say grief is a very, very terrible thing. It's painful and it hurts, but it's a natural part of life. And it's something we all have to go through. If there's anyone listening to us, 
and you're experiencing grief, I would just encourage you to 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 do what this movie does in, in a very lighthearted way. But seriously, spend time with people that care about you and love you and feel the grief. But don't let the great grief turn into um, anger and hatred. And I'm saying this from a lot of experience because I've dealt with a lot of grief in my life. I know Courtney has too. And um, it's all in how you handle it. And what I've learned, and this has been really difficult for me when I was younger, I experienced a lot of traumatic things. And now that I'm older, I'm thankful for those traumatic things. It's made me see life differently. But um, grief is a natural part of life. The only certain thing about this life is that you're going to lose people. It's going to happen. And you have to be able, no matter how horrific it is, you have to be able to get up and splash some water on your face, um, like David does in the Bible, and and move forward. Um, and so I want to encourage anybody that's dealing with grief that's listening to this right now that that you're not alone. People love you and care about you. I don't care how alone you feel. It's never too late to surround yourself with people. I don't care if you have to go to a coffee shop and just strike a conversation with a stranger. I know that sounds crazy, but but just be around people because as sucky as humanity can be, there's a lot more good in people than there's not good in people. So if you're, you're grieving, just please don't be alone and don't let it turn into hatred yeah. and then or anger and then hatred. Yeah, and I think our, at least in... America, from what I can tell, like, is a lot, it's getting a lot more, I mean, there's, I don't know how to say this, but, like, a, there's, like, a bigger focusing, or a bigger focus on mental health, um, which yeah. I think is really important, and so, even though it's still kind of, it's a little taboo, and showing emotions is a little taboo, what I will say is that Hero, like, around his friends, around his aunt, like, he showed that he was grieving. You can tell he wasn't eating. They opened the blinds. He would shut the blinds. Like, he yeah. was, like, not in a good place. Whereas Callahan, as, as, I mean, we only saw a small glimpse of him, but, like, he looked like he was fine. On the outside. On the outside. Yep. And I just feel like it's yep. really important to, like, if you are feeling emotions, you're feeling that emotion for a reason. Like, yep. Obviously, I'm not, like, a doctor or anything. I'm just... This is my personal opinion in it, from experience. But, like, if you're feeling an emotion, like, allow yourself to feel that. Allow yourself to embrace it for a minute and figure out how to um, kind of, like, move forward from it or move forward with it. Like, there's some emotions that you're going to feel for a while, especially if you're grieving. Yeah. You're going to carry grief with you for a while, maybe the rest of your life. Um, but you got to figure out how to move forward with it. Otherwise, it's going to consume you. And, um, which can be challenging to not let it do that. But like, don't think that you have to live this perfect life. Don't think that you have to walk around and not show any emotions like that are negative, like crying or sadness or anything like that. Like you're allowed to feel that we all as humans feel that probably once a day, you know yeah, what I mean? Like you we have, all you have a moment of grief. Yeah. Different emotions, different things like every single day. And so like it's okay. Something I always have said is like, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay. Um, I don't know. It's okay to show your emotions. It's okay to feel your emotions. Like we were given emotions for a reason. You know what I mean? Like we weren't, we wouldn't have been given emotions if we weren't supposed to feel them. Yeah. So feel them, let your friends know you're feeling, feeling them. The people around, you know, you're not in like an obnoxious way, but like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's, it's a, give yourself permission to feel them. Yeah. And figure out how to move forward with it. Yeah, I think it's huge. And 
I just want to sit on this topic for a minute. I think that we you need to surround yourself with people that you... So what normally happens is, is we feel sad, and so therefore we don't spend time with our friends. But that's not a good answer. I think what we should do is, I think we should surround ourselves with friends where we can say, hey, I know we were supposed to hang out today. We were supposed to meet at a bar and have get a, get a drink, or we were supposed to get dinner together. I want to get dinner, but I'm sad. I'm having a bad day. Can we still get dinner, but... Can you guys just be there for me? Or if I'm a little quiet, is that okay? Like, I just, I still want to see you guys. Because I know, and I'm different than a lot of people. I know that. And I'm working on that. Me and Courtney have talked about this ad nauseum recently. Like, I'm I'm realizing that I'm a very different person than everybody else, which, shocker, we're all different. But I, I expect people to be the same as me a lot, and it doesn't work out, and I get frustrated. But um, anyways, um, my thing is, is, like, I don't want to alienate myself from people when I'm sad. Like, I want to be alone for about two weeks to a month maybe. And then after that, I want to be around people again. But then what happens to me is I get hit with a wall of emotion. And I don't know how to tell people, like, hey, I want to see you and hang out with you. I want to go golfing with my friends. But, like, I might have to go in the woods and cry for a second because I just – I'm having – I just I'm, – I'm struggling. Yeah. You know? But it doesn't mean I don't want to do the activity. So what do we do? We think about – we think, you know, I'm, I don't want to cry in front of my friends or I feel embarrassed. So what do we do? We just avoid the activity altogether. Yeah. So like, I'm just not going to go see my friends. I'm just not going to go grab coffee. I'm, I'm going to go to work and instead of – telling my boss like what's going on which I know everybody has different bosses so please I I know that can be weird but instead of being like hey I'm having a rough day we just go and we just clam up and then things just get worse and worse and worse and the late the the longer we don't talk about it six months goes by and then you can't talk about it because the the event that happened was six months ago and everyone's assuming you worked through it and guess what you didn't and um that's just so hard yeah what I will say too is like if you have friends in your life where you feel like you can't cry in front of them or show an emo- emotion in front of them, you probably have the wrong friends in your life. If you have people who love and care about you for who you are, then they're not going to care what kind of state of mind you're in, what kind of emotions you're feeling. They w- they're going to want to come around you and love you no matter what. So I, if you're, if you feel like you're in a place where you can't be around people while showing emotions, I would do maybe some more self-reflection and say, am I, um, am I not showing emotion in front of people I care about because I'm insecure about my emotions and what I'm dealing with? Cause that's one thing. And that's something that you're going to have to work through on your own. But if you're feeling Maybe that you can't cry in front of them because they're going to judge you or shame you or um, be weird about it. Then that's not okay and you need to find some new friends. A thousand percent. Or understand that maybe you can be their friends, but maybe at like an arm arm's distance and not have them like in close as like one of your like inner circle friends. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I don't want this to turn into – well, this podcast obviously does that, so it's fine. But I don't want to turn into like like a relationship advice thing. But I would also say if you feel that – okay, I'll start with one thing, what you just said. If you feel like you can't open up around your friends, first ask yourself why. Second, start doing it. And if they shut you down, honestly, they're not your friends. They're oh, not your friends. That's rude. They don't care about you. They don't care about you. Rude. Find Se- your friends. Second <laughs> – you should be able to be emotional in front of your significant other or spouse. And I just want to say that, and we'll probably move on from this, but it's very important um, to be able to be vulnerable about that person. And a lot of people, surprisingly, are not. 
they have they have to confide in friends and other things like that. So make sure that you're um, when you're grieving and when you're sad that you're communicating with people around you. Because I love what Courtney just said. If you're doing it because you're insecure and you're afraid of what people are going to think, that's on you. Because um, a lot of people don't understand that when you're hurting, no matter what face you wear and how pouty you try to be, if you don't talk to people about it and tell them like, hey, I'm feeling this. Yeah. They don't know. I don't know. And, and no we, one's a mind reader. And we all have issues, right? Yeah. So like if my friend walks up to me and is like, dude, I'm having a rough day. Can you like, can you, can you just help me through it? Like this is what I'm doing. Can you give me some advice? I love it. Right. Yeah. But I'm a busy person. Okay. This is going to sound terrible. I'm, I'm sound terrible, but I'm a busy person. It's hard for me to go out of my way sometimes to ask people if I've asked you if you're okay one or two times and you tell me you're fine yeah it's hard for me to keep like I'm gonna keep checking on you be like hey I love you I'm praying for you I'm here for you but at some point I have to get to the point where I, I'm having my own things you have your own things other people have their own things so our expectations of our friends and a lot of people be like my friends just don't care about me um, and that might be the case and if so please get new friends yeah. but a lot of times my perception in the past is that my friends don't care about me and then I opened up to my friends and I found out they really did care about me I just was not talking to them. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. Um, I think that this has been a really nice tangent. Um, it's okay to grieve. Just make sure that you surround yourself with people. Don't be alone. Don't isolate. Any other themes? No, I think, I think we covered it. That was good. I actually, recording you nailed it. You said some really good things. I'm, I'm forever in awe of your wisdom. I'm very wise. You are very wise. And humble. H- humble too. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. <laughs> No, she is. Movie drinks or snacks? Um, we actually ate popcorn during this movie. Yes. We did have popcorn, and we put Parmesan cheese on it, and it was really, really good. TJ made the first bowl, and, well, here's the thing. I made the popcorn, and I burnt it a little. Not all of it. It just was, like, a tad. The bottom pieces were a tad burnt. I didn't notice that it was burnt. Um, TJ put the Parmesan cheese on it, and it was really good. Then... When all only the burnt pieces were left, I decided that I needed a new bowl of popcorn. So I made a new bowl of popcorn and tried to put the Parmesan cheese on it myself. And I accidentally dumped like half the thing of Parmesan cheese on it. She did. She wasted all And it was Parmesan. very cheesy. It's very not good. I thought it was so good. I thought it was so good. We're, it was just really cheesy. We're doing healthier snacks, obviously, because we're in the middle of... Uh, not to be fast. weird about it. We're in the middle of fast, but we're just in a different... We're eating different things right now. We're, we're sacrificing like some things. Cleaner. Yeah, it's cleaner. I think we're going to stick with a lot Obviously, of it. Obviously, cheese is so clean. <laughs> cheese isn't bad for you. It's made from milk. It's got protein in it. So the key is to not overdo it. That's the thing. But we've been doing... Um, like Normally, for a movie snack, we would do some... Like, we do cookies or something sugary. But popcorn with uh, with Parmesan cheese on it was really good. We've also been doing this thing. I'm really proud of us this year. Uh, those, of, those of you that know us really well and those of you that watch our stories and especially our Epcot stories know that we love, um, love good cocktails. Um, I love beer, and uh, Courtney loves good cocktails. And we are doing—we're um, not technically doing dry January because we're still it drinking a little bit, but we're drinking not drinking any liquor or or beer. beer. Uh, we're only doing wine, and um, we're being very, very conservative, and like very and like moderation. Obviously. Yeah, well, like we're not, we're not trying drink. to chuck a whole bottle every hour, you know. Yeah, we're not. We're, yeah, well, I don't. I, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah, only I can do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, we're drinking a lot less during the week, and um, but th- during the weekends we're we're having a, a, a couple glasses of wine um, here and there. But we had um, we had some sangria we made, so we did it. Um, typically, sangria you do a, a liquor in it, but we didn't do that. So we did. Uh, I cut up some oranges, lemons, and limes. Uh, we 
did a, a Moscato and a Pinot Grigio wine and then a, a little bit of orange juice. It was good yesterday, and uh, we had some today, and it wasn't as good. I think the limes and the lemons made it really sour. I liked it's it still. It's very acidic. It was very acidic, yeah. But um, we're just doing stuff like that, and that was a really nice, a fun drink. Um, you know, the point of fasting is a sacrifice, so obviously I really wanted a nice um, cocktail when we were watching the movie or something like that. But, you know, it's all about the sacrifice. <laughs> it's all about making things. But, um yeah, we made some really cool lifestyle changes that we're going to completely wreck in February when we go to Epcot. But um, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, um, Courtney's joined Cycle Bar and she's. I took one class and it became my whole personality. Yeah, I love Sorry. it. I love it. I've no, been going like every day. She goes like six days a week. I um, I work out four days a week, three to four days a week. I want to hit five, but three to four is just where I'm at right now with the two jobs that I work. Um, Courtney's been out working me out, which is very weird for me, but I'm, I'm dealing with it. She's definitely making sure that I hit four days. She's not, she doesn't know that she's making sure, but when I know that my wife's going six days a week, I at least have to hit four. Um, but yeah, we're just in a lot healthier rhythm. And so when you hear us talk about snacks and stuff for the podcast, um, throughout the rest of the year, you might hear more healthy options. Who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll, uh, reinvent our, um, maybe we'll reinvent what we snack on for movies, but um, popcorn is something that we uh, we don't do often, even though it's a classic movie thing. So it was nice to chill with some popcorn. That was nice. Um, Courtney, why don't we talk about um, what we got coming up next week and for the rest of the month? Okay, so next week I'm really excited. We are talking about a really just classic. I think it's classic. It's like a 90s, early 2000s classic. I actually don't know when this movie came out. Um, <laughs> but we're going to talk about The Princess Diaries. Um one of my friends, Victoria, is guest confirmed. Guest confirmed. Love it. Um, is coming on to talk about it with us. Me and Victoria went to ministry school together. Yeah, she's a lovely person. Whoop whoop. She's super fun. We don't she's very. A, she's also very wise. She is. We don't spend a ton of time with her, but she's one of my favorite people. She's just a very. You look at someone with like you think of like, um, class and grace, and like you think of her. Yeah. She's very great. She just is very like, I don't know. She's a great person. We yeah, love her. We do. Um, and so yeah, so that's happening next week. And then we are ending the month of January out with the Incredibles. I am so excited. I'm really excited. <laughs> I can't wait. The Incredibles is gonna be fantastic. And then we have some fun coming up in February as well. Yeah. But we'll talk about, we'll talk that, about that more later. Later. But um yeah. cool. Well, I uh, any closing thoughts about this movie before we close it out? No more thoughts. I feel like I've said everything I needed to say. Um, I will say thank you for listening. Come back next week. <laughs> if you want to follow us on Instagram, um, you can follow us at Wish Upon a Sparks. I might post some TikToks this week. So you, you can follow us on TikTok at Wish Upon a Sparks as well. Um, and then, or email us any request, movie requests you have. Um, you can email them to wishuponasparks at gmail.com. Love it. Thanks so much for listening. Um, we appreciate you guys. Um, I hope you guys can tell that we love doing this and, um, we love that you listen and we're just very grateful. We are. We are. Um, we have a trip coming up in February to Epcot. So if the, the arts festival, the I'm arts honestly festival. really jealous of everyone that's already gone. I mean, yeah. it's been going on for like two or three days, but I'm just like, <laughs> I say that because I know that a lot of you guys follow, um, follow the Instagram page and you, you, you see Courtney's story. She does a great job with them. If there's any specific thing. If you're not able to make it to the arts festival, is there anything you want to see? Um, let us know. Cause, um, we want to share the content that you want to see. Like we do it for us, but we also do it for you. So let us know if there's anything you want to see from the arts festival. Um, we're hoping to bring home some, some nice new art. 
art for the house. So that's going to be great. Thanks so much for listening. We love you guys. Um, we can't wait to see you next week for The Princess Diaries with Victoria Bonnie. Whoop, whoop. Bye, friends. Bye.